Yeah, I'm not normally one for all these like made up holidays. Like, you know, the yeah, like there's the website where it's like national bring your boss a croissant day or whatever. <laughs> like it's getting out of hand. But today I will make an exception. Mm. So friend of the show, Darth, uh, the namesake of the Washington Red Pandas football club or football. No, football club means soccer. He posted today that uh, today is apparently National Potato Day. And I just, I don't know. I want people to remember the reason for the season is the gist of it. So in the, um, in the, the Slack DM, I'll send you a, a picture of apparently a, I don't know what, what better made is, but apparently they have, um, I said a quick 12 second video on Twitter of just a bunch of potatoes on a conveyor belt. And it's, it's very calming. Like I, I could use this as a, an Apple TV screensaver in 4k. It, it it strikes me that August is sort of a weird time for like a national potato day, but then why? Yeah, I don't really know what a necessarily like a better time of year would be. I just don't. I don't know. I don't associate the month of August with potatoes. Well, but can we clarify? Like, uh, I always forget. Are are sweet potatoes also yams? Possibly. Like, so like, we're, we're, so we've switched to talking about the bad potato now, but. Would that make they're really bad? They're very quite bad. Hmm. Oh, I forgot to get my to my show title. Uh, I I I I totally dropped the ball last week. Um, he came up with a good one in the end. Yeah, but that was that was because again, you, uh, you homered <laughs> to bring an offline topic online. Right. Yeah. They're like the Simpsons. Yeah. No. Anyway. But anyway, yeah, potatoes are great. Yeah, I've got, I've got the tab. I'm just keep watching this this twelve seconds. They, they, they just keep coming because it's it's like one of those uh, one of those perfect loops. And you know, potatoes are very versatile. And yeah, at a, at a bar recently, I had something called polenta fries, which I thought oh, okay. was gonna be super disgusting. Pretty good. Polenta is one of those things that's just totally all over the place. I've had some polenta that well, it's like is good. Some that's like fine, and some that I really haven't enjoyed. Yeah, but I mean, it's similar to like kale is 92% of kale I've ever experienced in my life has been unwanted and or bad. But recently had some, I had a kale salad I liked. Yeah, kale salads are good. Yeah, but a lot of times they're bad. Kale Caesar salad's pretty good. Don't know if you've ever had one of those, but not bad. I have not, but I am tempted. There's, there's this, um, I don't know if it's like an urban outfit or something, but there's a, a hoodie that you can get that has kind of like you know what i don't know what the font is but it's like the college lettering and instead of saying yale it's this kale and even though i hate kale i do always find that fun and but i assume it's a very um what the gen z people would say is very chuggy or, or basic so hmm. mm-hmm. all right well we uh no time for nonsense this week let's jump right into follow-up um you said goodbye to a dear friend this week i did yeah i well so before saying goodbye to the dear friend i (laughs) you office spaced it (laughs) no i did the part of um cord cutting which is what we're we're talking about here that i was really not looking forward to which was the call to cable town 
Um, and it, it's sort it's sort of funny, right? Cause you, you call them and they've got this stupid automated thing that they really, really want you to use that. And like at one point, I think it also offered to like, send me a text message where I could start mm-hmm. a video chat with the thing. It, it really didn't want me to talk to a, an actual person. Mm-hmm. But then when I finally got it to the point after saying no to the text message thing, like three times, it's like, all right, in a few words, describe what you're calling about. And I said, you know, something like cancel TV service. And it was like instantly I got connected to a, um, what did she refer to herself as? A customer loyalty specialist. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, you know a lot about this. I'm, I I'm, do. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Jesus. <laughs> you um, too, too much. Anyway. Yeah, one could argue. Was she, was she also in uh, Puerto Vallarta? Uh, I got I'm a very not... nice person last time I had to call to, when I got that gigabit upgrade and, and uh, she was in, um, <laughs> in a, a, allegedly a resort destination in Mexico, which makes sense for oh. the, for the outsourcing reasons. Good. But yeah, um, that was not, that was not, the location was not made clear, I guess, from the person I talked to. Oh, we'll just assume Philly. <laughs> but um, very nice and didn't, didn't really try to talk me out of it. Just like, I was like, yeah, hey, you know, we're just not really like watching a lot of live TV now, doing a lot of the streaming stuff and, you know, totally happy with our internet service. Want to keep that exactly the same and just want to cancel the TV part. Um, <laughs> the only part that was kind of funny was she talked something about how like she couldn't cancel her Comcast TV because of how much she really enjoyed the x1 box and like like wouldn't i miss that too and i'm like well actually i this thing the government requires you to offer called a cable card pretty much and she i i think that was actually like that was really where the i think she kind of got out of like maybe i can convince this guy to not do this to just like all right fine cable card people (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really think it was um but i I was surprised i I, like start to finish i think the whole thing was like 15 minutes which was about half the time i was expecting it to take and it there was just a lot less you you were bracing for a lot of unpleasantness i was yeah because i i you know I don't enjoy like things like, you know, negotiating the price you, on a car and stuff. You don't like, like confrontation. I, I don't. I really don't. So I had been kind of putting that part off and, and finally did it. And it actually was was totally fine. I assume you got the, probably like two polite save attempts and that's pretty much it. Well, I got I got that and I got something I really didn't expect. Ooh. I don't know if you know about this part. So Comcast has I think she called it like their like the flex they offered you their like their bootleg roku yeah not not, not flex as in like they were showing off but like flex as in <laughs> some kind of like wait what what's what's the thing that kids say like cool flex but okay cool, cool flex bro yeah. yeah 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 they they have a thing which it's kind of like an apple like a bootleg roku or an apple tv that kind of does what the ipad tivo or the xfinity stream app does i think maybe yeah, and it it was kind of it was weird because she she asked like oh so like how are you accessing these streaming services and I'm like oh well you know on one of the TVs I've got an Apple TV and then on another TV have, it's like one of those TVs that's got the Roku stuff built in and she's like oh do you do you like those I'm like yeah actually like they're both really nice and she's like oh well you know I'm I'll, I'm I'm gonna send you this this flex thing and I like part of me was like 
Wait, she she said, I'm going to send it to you without you getting confirmation? Or would you like this? It was really just like, I, I, like, I, I really want to like send you this thing. And I, I thought about sort of like politely declining because I'm really never going to use this thing. But because of like how nice she was being and how little pressure she put on to have me keep my TV service, I thought, well, I don't know, maybe maybe by me agreeing to have this thing sent to me that somehow reflects positively on this conversation for her or something. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really want to push back and a very small part of me actually is sort of intrigued by what this little box is. We'll see if I actually ever take the time to hook it up, but um, it, it apparently is totally free. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know exactly what's in it for, comcast i don't know if it's gonna have like a bunch of ads or something on it but anyway it it was it was a fine a fine experience canceling tv and then i i kept the momentum going right after that and immediately canceled my tivo service which you can just do all online which is nice and And i had you don't have to chat with anybody you can just do it all through the website just do it all through the website yeah wow they don't even care anymore I like this. Um, well, and the timing was was kind of interesting, and I, I think I sent you a screenshot of this in the in the chat. Um, my renewal date is coming up sometime in August, I think, and I, I guess they must send you like a reminder a couple of months before. So I, I got that email just like over the weekend, and that Wait. was another little nudge, like, oh yeah, I really should you know cancel my existing stuff if I'm if I'm going to do this whole YouTube TV thing. TiVo doesn't put you into like contracts, do they? After the fact? No, it's not contracts. It's just like I think like an auto renew type situation. Oh, just your your monthly cycle is coming up and okay. my well, it's I'm I'm on some kind of annual thing. So Are I you? got you, yeah, you I got a hundred dollars a year, something like that. Yeah, yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that 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 ref, this all reflects positively on YouTube TV. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming like if you because you gave it a solid two to three weeks with it and you decide this is the future and it's cool but i mean i I think as i brought up last week and i and the same is now true as we talk tonight i don't think i've used it like since the olympics (laughs) ended which is now well like almost two weeks ago so i you know i Make sure you do a command option o to uh in omnifocus to cancel that 4k add-on thing that you're never going to use well, I mean, I could even potentially take it like a step further and just sort of like just not have it at all, like during this time of year, at least, because, you know, summer, there's there's no now that we're getting back to like a more traditional sports calendar again, like there's no sports on that I care about during the summer. And there's really no other live TV that I watch. So when does hockey happen? That like, starts what? in October. October and uh, or in um, hockey and basketball are kind of on like the same schedule, so that they both go like October to June. Got it. Yeah, well, this sounds flexible, and I'm I'm, I'm glad it worked out for you. And yeah, I'm sixty percent of the way there. I just I just want a legit way to be able to watch the watch cable news sometimes, and. It seems like that's hard to come by without having to sign up for a sixty dollar a month. Like, don't watch cable news. It's it's a really easy. But I, I don't mean, I don't mean like CNBC or like CNN or something. I'm, not, I'm like I'm not watching that. But 
Yeah, I don't know. But what do you I mean, what are you getting from whatever you're watching that you couldn't just get from a handful of news sites that you trust that you periodically check? Oh, warm, <laughs> warm colors. <laughs> I, I I read all day. I'm tired of reading. I, I just want I just want somebody to tell me how the Dow is doing. That's it. Um. All right. Well, anyway, that's cool. Glad glad it worked out for you. And it does seem like it's the end of an era for TiVo. Like when I when I reflect on it, like and think of how many times my TV is actually ever one. If I think about how how often my television is ever on, it's very rare these days. Uh, but it, however often it's on HDMI one is basically never. And I honestly don't know the last time I watched a recording on TiVo. So Jason Snell has been going through the whole cord cutting thing as well. Mm -hmm. And he had a line that I think summed up exactly how I feel about the whole situation and, and really the feeling that kind of pushed me over the edge towards at least giving this whole thing a try, which was I really didn't I dreaded whenever I had to watch something on the TiVo. Like if there were, if there was, you know, generally live sports, but if there was some other like show, like there, there've been a couple of shows that like, I assume for some like weird rights reasons, haven't been on discovery plus and have, and have only been on like food network or whatever. And in those situations, I'm like, Oh, I really have to use the, the TiVo to watch this thing. And it was kind of starting to think, in that way where I'm like, well, why, why am I even paying for this then? So yeah, that's, that's really kind of what got me, got me thinking about it. And I think I mentioned this when I first brought it up too, like it's kind of a whole, it's a no risk situation all the way around because like YouTube TV is not some like contract or something. I could cancel that at any time. I mean, I could, Ooh. I could go back to using the TiVo, like if it really came to that, which I, I don't think it will, but well, yeah. so, so that actually brings up the one question I forgot to ask. What was what was your previous Comcast rate? Like, what, what was the what did you save by dropping TV and going internet only? Um, the T. I think like my bill is going from like it's dropping like a hundred bucks. I think no. Well, but they, well, it's that's deceiving, right? Because that includes like fifteen bucks for HBO, which. I'm going to, I guess I'm going to kind of see how long I just don't sign up for HBO because <laughs> I, yeah. I never really ever actually watch anything on HBO. So I'm just going to kind of not sign up for that again until, I don't know. Uh, so I want to watch something on HBO. Have we covered this? Have you still not watched Succession? I've not watched Succession and I've not watched this. Um, this it's called White, White Lotus. Lotus. Yeah. yeah no, I'm tired are, of people recommending that. No. Yeah. People are talking about that. No. Sounds like it's kind of, no. I don't know. Sounds like it's very HBO. Let's put it that way. What does that mean? Uh, that lots like of say like that sounds like you're saying very Florida. It's like you said that in a very specific way. Lots of sexual content, I think, is the. Oh, that's that's not the way it's been pitched to me. But I've been I've heard a lot of people. I've, yeah, apparently yeah. this this mayor of Easton or Easttown show is supposed to be pretty good. But I've I've heard of that too. Um, yeah. So so yeah, so that hundred bucks includes that, and then also includes like 10 bucks that I was paying to have the sports package that included NFL red zone that I just never ended up canceling after last football season ended. So 
when you subtract those things, I guess it's, you know, what does that end up being? 75 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Is your internet speed still the same? Yeah. So I kept that at, uh, four, 400 down, I guess is what I get. Should have asked her if she could get, got you gigabit instead of sending you the free TV instead of giving you that weird. Flex. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that was, so it did seem like I had a window there where I could have maybe gotten a deal on faster internet, but, and I thought about maybe trying that, but like there were two things like one, I'm sure I could call back basically at any time and probably get that if I, especially if I'm, you know, willing to sign like a one year contract or whatever. And two, my cable modem is 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 capped out at what my speed is now. So it's like if I if I do want to go up another tier, it's I mean we've had this conversation before, right? It's going to be <laughs> finding the sixty dollars. Right, yeah, it's fun. Well, and it's figuring out the right cable modem, and it's it's all that. And I mean, I I never ever throughout the day, and you I mean in this whole work from home situation that we've been in for a while now. Like I mean, I'm I'm on the internet almost constantly. The, and I, I never have any trouble. So. The, my counterpoint to that, and the one thing that I I love so much about this 1.2 gigabit per second internet connection, is that it's the only plan Comcast has with fast uploads. So since you're now more into sharing your high-res photos and doing those smug mug uploads, the upload speeds are four times faster. So the downstream yeah, those, is... that downstream uploads is, are small. 10, slow. Uh, that's the one thing that's cr- criminal or just absolutely absurd about a, um, a symmetrical cable docs internet is that on like a 300 or 400 meg plan, uploads are like nine megabits a second. Bits, not bytes. It's 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 just absolutely insane. I feel like you know more about this than I do. Like, is there any chance that a neighborhood like mine would get something like AT and T fiber or Sonic or anything or Eh, I have no. no idea because Sonic is a weird anomaly where like they're they're in like three neighborhoods in San Francisco and like Santa Rosa and like fucking Windsor like it's it's nowhere else and then because Jason again because this, this show is basically just talking upgrade um, it his whole thing about like he somehow got um, U-verse with symmetrical, uh, symmetrical symmetrical gigabit that just feels like such like just a weird crapshoot where I don't think you can count on that. But also, in most cases, you don't you don't need that fast upload. Like I'm sure you would love it, but it's the the 10 megabits a second that's just it's rough if you're somebody who does online backups with any regularity, or if you are uploading large photographs. Which uh, I'm proud of you. Yeah, that that seems to be coming you more recently. It, it, very much so. Yeah, the smug mug thing was a good recommendation, and that that's probably the one use of my internet connection that i that i do get annoyed with how slow it is i mean even the backup stuff like well, i'm sure that's slow to too like but off peak time but well yeah. and it, it's just it's happening on the synology and i don't even i don't even it take eight hours you it. don't even know yeah. i don't care yeah um but the, the smug mug thing is kind of annoying because it's you know it's like this client that's having to run on my computer and it's it you know photos or something where like i'm I've been really getting, I've been trying to get better at sharing photos timely as opposed to like, <laughs> it's, you know, a month later and it's like, oh, hey, here's the photos from when we were together. Like, I'm really trying to like, you know, a day or two after getting back from a trip, it's like, okay, hey, I'm I'm sharing these photos. No, no. So. People love getting photos that they're in roughly, the, the ideal like window is 14 weeks after it happened. That's when people <laughs> like it the most. Okay. 
like I'm doing it, I'm doing it wrong. For me, you is somebody will either get photos at like one thirty a.m. of the night after it happened, or two two tax years later. It's basically that, it. that checks out. Yeah, from the from the handful of times I've gotten photos from you, I think those Harsh. have been the two the two Harsh. time windows. Well, more often than not, it's been it's, it's one thirty the, the night the night after. Yeah, sometimes I'm feeling motivated, or or I've had um, never mind. Yeah, I, I mean, not not to get too, like, creepy or anything, but it, when I woke up this morning and my w- Apple Watch said, Carlos has completed a workout, and it was at something like 136. You don't have that muted? Well, I mean, I have it muted in the sense that it didn't wake me up or anything. Like, I saw oh, it when man, I woke I, up this morning. I have every Apple, Apple Fitness uh, shared... I don't even know what the term is, but like the people that share your activity with you, I have every single person muted. I don't want to know when when you guys do a workout. I don't want to feel bad about myself because you did a workout. <laughs> well, I've I've got that turned on. Um, yeah, and yeah, oh. you com- you completed a walk at at like one thirty in the morning, which yeah, I had I had some homeroom last night, and I was feeling really guilty and mm. terrible about myself, and I was like, it's eleven thirty five. Uh, it's a great time to go for a walk outside. Okay, well the, the home the homeroom piece. Okay, I I that's all coming together now. Can I actually pivot this and and do the the mystery topic now? Uh, please, yeah, yeah. You can drop a marker here because I feel like this isn't going to make the show. <laughs> so maybe a month ago, I was I forget like if I was like it's either a day where I was like I have done nothing and I want to see like what like what my seven Apple Fitness buddies are doing and I want to make sure like everybody else had a bad day or maybe it was a day where I did a really long hike and. I wanted to make sure I was on top, but I was like, Ryan completed an indoor cycling workout. Mm, mm-hmm. So I just want to know, did you or the lady friend uh, buy a Peloton or do you somehow now have access to a Peloton? And also I have not seen a Peloton workout from you in multiple weeks. So <laughs> what is the situation? And you are welcome to cut this out. Oh no, it's it's fine. We can, we can keep this in. It's not not a big mystery. Um so we did buy a Peloton. Um I guess I can sort of give I, I don't know why I have to justify why I bought one, but I feel like <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll provide a little bit of context. Like we the lady friend and I both had corporate discounts that that could work in conjunction with one another. And so that's sufficiently vague. We well, we we did not pay anywhere close to the full price of what a Peloton bike costs, and so well, so so hold on. Does does that mean you get a discount? Because Peloton, to my understanding, is for regular consumers is like two grand, and it's forty five dollars a month for the the enthusiastic instructor video Android tablet thing. Right. Yeah. Do you yeah, get so a discount we, on just the bike or the monthly as well? Well, so the corporate discounts were all for the bike. So we got the bike for significantly less than that full retail price okay um and then the chase sapphire i don't oh. know if it's specific to the reserve card or if it's it all is, the chase sapphire is. cards but yeah they've they've got a deal where the it brings the effective rate on that um monthly fee down quite a bit the effective peloton rate. well because because it's i think they i think they do something like they give you three or four months free or something so uh, yeah. i know you're just you're just angling for a show title this week i got you <laughs> so um, we so we did so we we bought a peloton 
I haven't brought it up on the show because I, well, so, I mean, thank you for calling me out on this too. Like, yeah, I'm using um, three weeks. Well, it, yeah, I mean, I know ex- excuses for not working out, like what a concept, right? Um, it's, it's been, there's been a lot of, a lot of traveling recently and a lot of, a lot of like what I think are allergies. I know is not COVID, what? but. Well, no. How does that affect your indoor exercise? Because because I just feel I just feel crappy <laughs> on a regular basis, uh, especially like in the afternoon. So, um, which could also just be being in my thirties now. Um, Fair. So I just have just had you know a couple of weeks where I've just physically not not been um, in the mood to work out. It's also been like a million degrees too, which has also not been helpful either. So. Can't been kind of put, a bad combination of stuff recently. Can't you just put the LG fourteen nineteen in front of you? It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I it's not some big mystery, but I feel like I've been saving a discussion about it until I used it a bit more and had just some more thoughts on it. I mean, it's pretty like I guess like a preview. Like it's 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 nice. So can, can I ask you a question? And again, you mm-hmm. we 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 can table this or sure. we can put this conversation in the parking lot until you get enough data points to feel like you can make an informed decision. So you used to have like a traditional fitness or gym membership, right? Right. Did you ever use the I assume like the Life Fitness brand exercise stationary bikes? No, I I was almost exclusively a Tread- treadmill user in the gym. You ever did the elliptical? Very rarely. It was okay. almost always the treadmill. So I guess, do you, because the whole critical component of the Peloton lifestyle is that you have like the instructors and like the, the, the sem, it's, well, it's not that it's semi lot. Well, actually, can you? Do you have to join like a class like on a half hour or do you, do they have like an on-demand replay and you just don't get the, the, the possibility that the instructor is going to call out your name and be like, wow, Ryan, you're doing so good. Keep it up. (laughs) Keep pushing. That's really good. I could do do this. Yeah. You could do it. Um, they said they have both. So they have live classes. They have a, a, a dozen plus live classes a day, I suppose. Um, Little minor complaint there, very East Coast time centric, which bothers mm-hmm. me. Um, like oh. their U their US studio is is in New York, so I I get it, but also come on, that's weird. Um, yeah, it's, um, so they have a lot of live classes, and then all of those classes they then have available to be on demand. And then they're mm-hmm. also doing this sort of third kind of like hybrid sort of method that's it's like a it's a beta feature, like as it comes up as like a beta thing. I think it's called sessions. And what that is is it's an on-demand video, but you like there are these like set start times where if you play an on-demand video at this kind of set time other people can also play that video like at the same time. So like you're, you're kind of getting that like community aspect that you would normally only get from a live class. I've never done one of those, so I can't really tell you much about it, but I've just, I've seen that pop up a few times. Hmm. Okay. 
So, so yeah, I'll, cautiously... I'll, once, I've, once I've used it some more, I'll, I'll have I'll have kind of a full section on the show about it. But yeah, no, it's 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 really it's nice. Um, like the 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 interface, like the software, seems pretty good. Um, ironically, actually, the part of it that I thought would be kind of a home run is like actually not, which is just kind of like the bike itself. Oh, isn't it a is, pretty run the mill, like kind of mediocre? Just like you just get that one resistance style and it does basically nothing else. It's just, yeah, it's just not as, I don't know, it's not as like high quality as yeah. you'd expect it to be, which is weird, especially for the price. And Ooh. especially because the the experience around it, like the the classes, the interface, like the accompanying like iOS app, like all that stuff is is actually like nicely designed and pretty well thought out. But yeah, the bike itself is it's not bad. It's just I don't know. Yeah, I would I I expected a little bit more from that part of it, I guess. Got it. Okay. Well, interesting. Well, actually, I guess does uh, does the lady friend use it more, or has that has it also called, uh, kind of temporarily fallen off with her as well? Um, I mean, she she she's used it probably a little bit more than me. It's also been like the heat the heat's been kind of a, a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because we, we've had we've had kind of a weird thing like this summer where it, it's been I don't know I would say five or ten degrees warmer a day here. And I guess I guess it's that tipping point which turns the house from being comfortable even on a warm day normally to being <laughs> uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It feels like when it's in the like today it was in the eighties and it was totally fine in the house, but like when it's in the mid nineties, like it's consistently been the house. It just it's it's just too darn hot. So that's that's been kind of a deterrent, and and yeah, it's just been busy schedules and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, hoping to. Hoping to figure this allergy thing out at some point and and getting getting a little bit more um, fit, as you would say. Swole. Swole, right. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Swole means only like be doing like the, the meathead workout, right? Well, I or mean, like, they... Swole, swole refers specifically to, to weights and muscle mass, I think. Yeah, I, I guess so. Although the one thing that's kind of nice about the Peloton is that they have these like weight classes that you can do and like a lot of them are actually these like 10 minute they're kind of meant to be cool down exercises that like you do after a ride and those are those are pretty nice i'm not much of a a weightlifting guy i mean i I know that comes as a surprise carlos but well um, you well i mean I, i i may be misunderstanding fatherhood but i thought the whole point of having a kid is that you just like you get to you you start easy you get the thing that at the outset is like eight pounds, six ounces. <laughs> and eventually it becomes 60. And then eventually your back breaks and you, you say, uh, kiddo, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> is that not fatherhood? Uh, well, we might be trending that way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the new uh, housemate, the, the new housemate has gotten, she's, she's bigger now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Cool. Yeah, um, so and not, the, not some big secret, but also just not something I, have a lot interesting to say not that that really normally stops us on this show but hey speaking speaking don't worry about yourself <laughs> um and then when you're talking about the weights i was gonna be like oh they make you bench the bike that seems a little, a little, a little messed up but 
You, pro- you probably could, <laughs> considering the. Oh, is is it that shoddy? Or I mean, no, or... actually, no, 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 no. It, it it's actually very, very heavy. It's no, I'm 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 being cynical. Okay. It's and, fine. And the bike doesn't like fold up or anything, right? No, I mean it, it's it, the front part of it is on wheels. wheels. Yeah. So yeah. you know. It's it's certainly not meant to be moved like on a regular basis, but you know you can move it if you need to. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I need a two bedroom apartment. Well, I mean that's you know that's the other funny thing about it. Like the primary reason we haven't gotten one is we just don't really have a good place to put it. I mean, the next time you're over, you'll see that you know it, it's in a place that works, but it's. It's, you know, it's kind of just in the middle of a room. Well, and do you, do you know the solution to that? Hashtag workout shed. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> With all this heat, uh, you know, don't know how well that would work. But, um, but yeah, it, it location wise, it's, it's, we don't have an ideal spot to put it, but you know, it, it's, we make it work. Mm-hmm. Like Tim Gunza. I think also maybe when you have a kid too, you start to, just kind of go with the flow a little bit in terms of like just stuff kind of being all over the house at all times. <laughs> and so having a bike kind of in the middle of a room sort of maybe fits, fits a little bit more than it would have. You know, I like, so. I like that you basically just said a kid causes you to reduce your standards. <laughs> um, well, you know, not across the board, but maybe in some ways. Yeah. All right, I'll let you out that part. Out. I mean, that's like the whole the whole um like dad bod thing, right? No, that's that's just been a joke. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, go back to the show notes. Oh, sorry, circling back. What, what about the Olympics? Well, so oh, there... do we, we? I thought we talked about the ratings last week, didn't we? We yeah, but we didn't really get into. So we talked about sort of the um the ratings on sort of like traditional nbc like their nightly mm-hmm. you know broadcast ratings and you know we, we we started kind of getting into this tangentially sort of this idea of like well you know there there was probably at least some of that was probably people who were watching online instead but we, did, we didn't really have any like specific numbers or anything we were looking at when we were talking about that and there's this variety article that we'll put in the notes that says that YouTube viewing of the Olympics was like up, you know, like 7x over the 2016 Olympics. And, you know, that that in and of itself is sort of like, you know, it's an interesting statistic, whatever. But I feel like it's it hits on something that maybe we started to tease a little bit. And I I think like I haven't really heard this thought in other places. So I don't know if maybe we're kind of early on this a bit, but let's go with that. Just this idea that like, and I I did bring this up on last week's show, I think this idea that like live sports viewing is just, it's becoming more distributed where like instead of everybody turning on like the traditional cable channel that a game's on, you've got people who are streaming the game or you've got people who are just sort of like watching highlights in real time on Twitter or like, I guess, apparently a lot of people watching stuff on YouTube and it, it kind of just makes me like wonder about what that means for like the future of live sports where so much of the revenues um of all the major sports at least here in the US 
are tied to TV deals. Like that, that's, that's the, it's a huge, huge, if I, I, I think the, like the majority source of revenue for these leagues. And it just sort of feels like if, if viewing drifts further away from everybody turning into like a specific channel on TV and gets spread out a bunch of different places, sort of like what that's going to mean and sort of like, how the league sort of benefit in the same way and like our media companies still going to want to pay the same rights fees if if eyeballs are going to be kind of watching this stuff in a bunch of different ways like i i don't know like it just feels like it's like i'm not saying live sports are doomed but i'm also it's, i'm also sort of questioning the future of live sports on tv in a way that i i don't think i would have not that long ago Kind of. So, uh, so I'm somebody who I dis I push back super hard on the narrative, like that there's like such a thing as like NBA Twitter, or that there that any sub a substantive amount of people who would have been like a traditional TV audience are watching exclusively on. Like, I just don't think that's like I think a lot of the internet stuff is additive, and there's things like the the bleacher report app or there there's like there's certain things that maybe enhance the experience but i don't think that's causing people not to watch stuff and if that does actually end up being the case they're gonna have to find a way to get brand advertising or that type of stuff to transition into social sharing channels because like specifically with the olympics the fact that some highlights and some event replays were available on YouTube. I don't think people who would have otherwise watched the um, traditional television broadcast moved their viewing to that. And I just think like the overall like penetration of YouTube itself comparing 2016 to 2021, like that is a place where people will go, but maybe like, but I feel like again, just most of that's additive. I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily buy that, but your point about sports overall of it was thought to be the, the saving grace of traditional television. That's why live sports, um, retransmission deals were so profitable and, and so important to ESPN and others. Like that makes sense, but I think like yeah, that money will go down, but the fact that viewership habits are changing, like I, th I think those are different issues, and it's not necessarily the internet that's causing that, other than the internet itself, like breaking people's brains and attention spans. But like I don't, I don't think the availability of replays and stuff online is what's causing that drop in viewership. I don't know. I mean, it, I definitely don't mean to imply that it explains like the entire drop in viewership that's been seen across live sports. I think there's, I mean, we got into this last week, but there's a lot of complicated reasons behind that, I think. Um, but, and it, you know, it, it's going to, it's going to take, I think, you know, a few years here to kind of, well, I mean, hopefully sort of like move a bit more past like the impact of COVID, especially on live sports and, and see if if those numbers bounce back. But if you know if, if they don't, if if viewership for live sports continues to be down, then I just 
kind of, I don't know what exactly what that means for, for live sports and kind of more broadly what that means for like traditional cable TV, which is, which really is like one of the last things I think that people pay cable for, except for crazy people like you who watch cable news. Mm -hmm. Well, it means we're all just going to be living in the metaverse. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I think sports are going to become increasingly irrelevant and like we talked about, it's going to be much more niche and fractured. Uh, but I don't really know how that plays out. Cause like in the back of my mind, I really want that to hurt, um, football. Cause I really don't like football, um, for a number of reasons, but like, yeah, I mean, that's eventually what's going to happen. It's like people just don't care that much or, and the same reason that nope, that people don't watch the the Oscars or the or the Grammys or like the Emmys, like it's there are a lot of these events that because choice was so limited ten to fifteen years ago, and maybe sports have been like a lagging indicator or have have trailed the curve. But yeah, I feel like people like when you give people so many options, like where you have all these people who maybe. Like, like, let's say, uh, sounds weird, teenage boys, like people who maybe would have been captive audiences for baseball or basketball are now spending all their time watching Twitch and stuff like that. That's, that's a, an audience that is, is not making it to live sports that has now found that through the, uh, a limitless supply of content that has been available through the internet, like there does not being groomed into or to being like uh transitioned into that audience so yeah like the people who are most passionate about like college football are all like old dudes so yeah that that's a really good point the the idea that there is just so much to watch on tv now that inevitably some attention is going to get taken away by or taken away from, you know, stuff that previously was kind of the the only game in town, I guess as you would say, mm-hmm. and to keep the the sports um sports talk going. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what you do with that because you cuz people are still going to want to price it like any licensing deals for well, hey, the the 2023 NBA finals might become a big deal cuz it's Giannis versus um is Lonzo Ball a person? Uh huh. Or I just yeah. make that up. Yeah, it's, it's 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 him versus it's 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 Bucks versus the Lakers to, and then like this is going to attract mega audiences. There's no way to promise that. Like, there's no way to price in whether a season is going to have amazing ratings and a captive audience versus being just like a whole hum season that is a shell of its formal a former self versus um like an unexciting playoff event from the early 2010s. So when I feel like the, the part of this, which is going to be kind of hard to like prove one way or the other is that, you know, these media rights deals, they last quite a while. I think they're usually like usually five a decade at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Like at least five to seven years long. And a lot of them have just been recently renewed. So we're not going to get, any sort of like new data about what people are willing to pay for this stuff for a while. And I feel like even when we do, we're going to have at least one round where 
like streaming services are going to kind of artificially, you know, inflate the price because they're all going to kind of want a piece of it to prop up, you know, their, you know, various service. Like there's been the rumors of Apple wanting to potentially get into like NFL Sunday ticket, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like, it's going to be probably a long time before, like, even if what we're saying is true and live sports are kind of in a permanent decline, it's going to be quite a while before the impact of that, I think, impacts like the value of the of the media rights. Sure. Okay. Um, what was what else? Was, oh, I guess like so for the Apple thing. So, okay, I've transitioned to child pornography. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, no there's no, yeah, no easy, no easy way uh, to transition. I don't think we have that. a lot here. I, I think the two things are one, if you, wow, this is going to be a really niche uh, uh, recommendation. Um, if you're not already su a, a subscriber to sixcolors.com, which is, I think, already a pretty niche publication, you should go do that because it includes a very good weekly podcast um, called the Six Colors Subscriber Podcast that had a very good discussion about the, um, the Apple um, CSAM uh, forthcoming product or software update uh, that I think was much better than most um, other podcasts have recently covered it uh, and much better than we or I covered it in, in four minutes last week. Um, so people should go listen to that. Uh, but also a uh, friend of the show, Joanna Stern, had a very, very good uh, interview with Craig. Well, I'd say good on her part. I, I still I disagree and I find disingenuous a lot of the stuff that Craig said. But uh, on YouTube and uh, the Wall Street Journal dot com, if you're a journal subscriber, you can um, see a pretty good interview that uh, she did with him, and she did a good job of um, explaining in uh, regular people terms how a lot of the features actually work and wasn't wasn't necessarily like super confrontational, but did a very good job of like not letting him off the hook about a lot of key points so that was good and then if you're more of an audio person uh joanna stern also did an interview on the journal which is the wall street journal's version of the daily um and that was also very very good but i'm not really sure much has come out this week other than the reveal that the threshold for um how many uh, matched images cause you to get reported automatically to the police is 30, I guess. I'm not sure there's that, much that other... That came out of the Craig interview, right? Yeah. Not sure there's much else that actually came out of that, but yeah. I think I covered all the new stuff. Yeah, I don't... We don't need to... <laughs> we don't need to have yeah. our hour and a half long discussion, I don't think. You betcha. Um, yeah, probably quit the show if we did. Uh, Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, how's that for transition? So you are uh getting closer to getting caught up on because you again you like you like you said you've had a um a travel heavy August, mm -hmm. but you you are mostly caught up on Ted Lasso. Uh, apparently, yeah. I guess I as I was catching, we we watched a couple episodes last night, and I I guess it didn't even occur to me like how many have have come out so far. But I guess you told me right before that we started recording that they have four now three three and, regulars and kind of a funky christmas special yeah so i guess we're i guess we're caught up with sort of the um the main storyline as again as you would say mm -hmm. uh, so what's your read on it it's good yeah it's good been enjoying it 
Yeah. I think Jason, again, just a crib on everything he says, like, mm-hmm. I think that he touched on this. I think it was on upgrade. Like, I think probably made there, I guess there's been, you know, some, some disappointment uh, from some people around season two. And I, I do think a, a, at least a part of that is sort of like, it just, the show came out of nowhere and was sort of like so unexpected and just kind of surprising in that first season and people's expectations probably got a little out of whack maybe for like season two, but yeah, I think, I think it's been fine. Like there've been quite a few laugh out loud moments, I think. And I mean, Jason Sudeikis is kind of the best. Um, yeah, it's a good, good entertaining show. And I, I like that. It's, it's a good length. You notice that it's like, it's not a half hour. Yeah, but like, but like a true half hour. Like it's oh, not, it's not an twenty-two minutes. Oh, yeah, okay. it's not twenty-two minutes. It's not forty-three minutes. It's like thirty-one minutes, which I don't know. It ends up being kind of, I think, like kind of the perfect, perfect amount of TV. Yeah, yeah. The the only reason I bring this up, so I I well, to get my review of it, like I didn't, I honestly didn't like the first episode that much. It was uh, a little, it was a little goofy. I, I, I like me some Danny Rojas, but I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to kill a dog. Anyway, spo- sorry, spoilers, but it happens in the first three minutes, whatever. Um, like, and, and I don't watch trailers for stuff um, I like. So same thing why I've, I've been avoiding the Succession season three, um, like, intro thing they've been running. But the only reason I brought this up, and this is, I, I guess, is all I wanted to talk about, is that, so you watched... Um, so one of the, the themes of this season has been uh, that they have like a, a team therapist now. Right. right. Yeah. She's, she's good. So what's the name of the, wow. I, I, I know her. I know the actress's name, Hannah Waddingham or something. What's, what's the name? Rebecca, Rebecca something. The, 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 the owner of the team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so bad with character names. Yeah. We, I, we, this, this is how we covered the, 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 uh, Bradley Cooper thing. So, <laughs> but she has something that hit very close to home, which is that, uh, Ted asks her, and I actually jotted this down when I was watching it. Um, Ted asked her like, Oh, Oh, have you ever been interested in therapy? And then she says, quote, uh, what for I can diagnose myself in a heartbeat. I thought being invulnerable would protect me. So I pushed people away for years and years, leading me directly to my greatest fear being alone big whoop and that's that's one of the most accurate things i've seen on television in a long time so it was pretty good so i um the the thing that stood out to me so far is also related to um a conversation about um the therapist who joins the team i think this was in the first episode um it's like right before they introduced the the therapist and ted lasso gets asked like what his thoughts on um, therapy are. Mm -hmm. And he says general apprehension and a modest Midwestern skepticism. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't know what what that last part just made the lady friend and I laugh out loud. We both thought that was really good. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's a good show. I, I, the yeah you let me know what you think about the christmas episode but again i i could not tell if i fell asleep on my own or if i it felt very unnecessary i i i, I do like sam a lot but i i don't i don't really know where it's going but i'm i'm happy to watch it yeah, yeah I, 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 mean, I, it's, I it it's you know i don't know like i i sort of like 
and I don't, I don't know how exactly I phrase this, but like, I, I very much like sort of like categorize my TV viewing and sort of like set my expectations accordingly, where my expectations for a show like Ted Lasso or like The Office, like I don't, I don't quite put those in the same category, but like they're certainly more similar than say like Ted Lasso is to like Better Call Saul, right? Like my expectations for a show like Better Call Saul are I mean, they're different, and I guess to, to be blunt, they're just they're higher, right? Like I hold that show to a really high standard. Whereas with something like Ted Lasso, where I just kind of want to laugh a bit, have a good time, like I'm not going to pick apart the plot or anything like that, you know? Yeah, it's um, it had- I don't know. I don't know if this is something. I don't. I don't know if they've done anything between seasons or if I just notice it more or whatever. But like, really, like very well-produced show it looks really nice i mean it's obviously not a like action-oriented show or anything but it just just looks really nice i don't know if we talked about this but like yeah the um i think i put it in the show notes or or in in the slack um uh shortly after the end of last season but yeah they they're big into the the visual effects and there's a whole lot of stuff that they do to make it a very very nice well-produced program but um yeah it's good I, i i yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah, not sure, not sure it's the best, but it's. I wouldn't say season two is a disappointment. I don't know. No, I I mean I, I it's it's kind of more of the same. Like I, yeah, I don't, the, I haven't really. Yeah. The one complaint I will say is, I guess maybe a lot of, and I this the, again probably somewhat like this is a the scripting from uh, upgrade, eh, maybe a little bit too much of the 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 Ted Lassoisms. Like I feel like uh, the introduction to the character requires a lot of that, and that's what you got in the first season. I feel like there's a lot of uh, the the folksiest the folksy stuff is. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that's mm. that's probably a tough balance to strike. Like yeah. they, and I think, I don't know. I maybe also like going back to what I was saying about how like I think season one was just so kind of surprising and and sort of like not what everybody expected like i I think like myself included probably expected yeah the show just to basically be a full like full of like dumb ted lasso you know sayings right and it was so much more than that and it still is more than that but maybe our guard is up for you know the show becoming kind of like what we expected it to be so also just to carry the better call Saul analogy sort of like that show like when that show was announced it was like oh great so this is going to be like the you know quirky adventures of Saul Goodman like great and it's obviously mm-hmm. it's been so much more than that well but I mean but it, it shocked you because it was decidedly not that which I guess right, is exactly. maybe the complaint here was that mm, it kind of is yeah yeah no. yeah I I guess my my only critique which we touched on when talking about episode one is that it just sometimes it is a little too goofy mm-hmm. like I think they they don't lean too hard into that but um, I mean, it's it's the same complaint, actually. I mean, just to talk about like the same three shows over and over, it's the same thing as like The Office. Like, I think The Office sometimes gets too too goofy. Like its best episodes are when it's a little more grounded, and that's Ted Lasso's best moments are when it's more grounded, not when it's being over the top ridiculous. Yeah, but The Also is a show that's uh decidedly overrated and is not as good as people think it is. It had 
one and three quarters good seasons. Uh, the Office. Uh huh. And we're we're still we're almost done with our rewatch of it, or I guess sort of like new watch of it. I'm I'm not sure I actually finished it when it was when it was first on. It's you know it's it, it's up and down. Most of the Ed Helms and Ellie Kemper episodes are not very good. Yeah, but um, what's what's his name? The guy who plays Robert Irvine, James Spader, Bobby He's... California. <laughs> Wait, no, his name's a his name's not Bobby Irvine. We made a joke about this before. It's is it isn't it? Is it? It's it's Robert Irvine. No, it's Bobby California. James. Oh, it is. Wait, what? What am I? Am I thinking You're of your joke? My joke. I, I made that joke like nine months ago. <laughs> god we talk to each other a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, no, the, yeah, because the joke right. is that um paul rudd's character on parks and recreation was named bobby newport which again uh it's it's all just blurs together as um orange county it, stuff yeah yeah um no yeah no you're right but yeah james spader he's he's good on that show i enjoy he's his not, character a lot I've, I've never enjoyed him in anything i remember as a kid watching a show called boston public which was out of my age rage but i just i've never liked him in anything wasn't it Boston Legal? Yeah. Is that what I said? You said Boston Public. Oh, that was that weird show about teachers. That's the in show that Robert Irvine's in. And you know, you know what I'm thinking of? Robert Irvine's like, isn't he the he's like the the restaurant impossible guy or something? Like the big the big talk about swole. He's like the big <laughs> what are you talking? I don't I haven't understood ten of the last words you said. <laughs> restaurant impossible? Restaurant impossible. I, I, think, I don't watch I think, reality TV. I don't I, I only watch good TV. Yeah, I think the <laughs> I think the host of that show, yeah, Robert Irvine. That's that. I think that's who I was thinking of. I'm going to Google Robert Irvine and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Official web uh, website of Chef Robert, and he's Irvine. and he's actually British. He's not not from not from Southern California. So don't don't he, want the name. For he has hosted a variety of Food Network programs, spelled P R O G R A M M E S, including Dinner Colon Impossible, Worst Cooks of America. Restaurant Colin Impossible. Worst Cooks in America. Just Operation Restaurant. Oh, apparently he's a producer of Guy's Grocery Games. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Command W. Sorry, bud. Okay. Anyway, all right. We we we, we uh let's 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 keep it moving. Uh new business. Um yeah, this was a good article. Okay, so you're uh, you're a fan of the the Disneyland. Um Real estate empire, right? I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have a thing called Disneyland in, in, in Southern California and apparently a Disney World in um, a place called Florida. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a link in the show notes, but the Times this uh, this morning had an article. Um, so people are probably familiar with, and I've, I haven't been to Disneyland since I was nine, but a, a recent or in the past two decades development is that there is um, something called a fast pass. And my understanding is that if you go to a park, you, for whatever, like, godly $118 or whatever it costs for you to get a human being into Disneyland, uh, you get, like, one fast pass a day or something. Is that fair? No, you, you get more than that, but you're on the right track. Okay. So, this Times article. One, this, okay, this article's the best for, like, nine reasons, but... Oh, there's a lot here. So, uh, let me, at least I, I should have. Do, do you want you want me to give like the rundown, and then you can? Yeah, uh, yeah, go I, for it. I feel like maybe 
you're, you're I mean, more... not, not to question your Disney knowledge, but I feel like I can kind of give the, 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 the beats of what's happening here and then you can give I some. I don't know a damn thing about Disney, so please do. All right. So the, the gist here, right? So you, you got into this. So they, so fast passes, they came out in 1999, sort of like, I think the first example of a theme park doing this sort of like skip the ride, skip the line rather kind of thing. <laughs> Skipping the ride sounds amazing. <laughs> um, and then a lot of other, I mean, all the other theme parks over the coming years basically sort of copied that, but most including like um, Six Flags and Universal, they went directly to a paid model where most, if not all of those other major parks never had a free version of a fast pass like Disney's had for all the years. So they, there's been kind of this precedent for charging for this type of skip the line thing for a long time. But, you know, Disney for basically 20 plus years kept fast passes for free with, with kind of an asterisk, <laughs> which, which, we're, which we're actually going to get into. Uh-huh. Um, so a few years ago, they kind of dipped their toes in the water of changing that where they came out with something called Max Pass, where what that was, what year was, was that? So that, that came out, I think like in 2017, or right so. alongside the iPhone. I, like I, my, the whole reason why I find this article so funny is that the confluence of the word the suffix of plus and max being everywhere and somehow it 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 so oddly parallels personal technology it's just so weird okay so it's a max pass yeah so max pass came out a few years ago they so max pass did not replace the free fast passes you could you could still use that that same exact system where you you know you physically had to go to the ride that you wanted to get a fast pass for. You went up to this little kiosk thing, and it they actually like printed out a paper ticket that had a little barcode, and then your time to come back. But with if with Max Pass, which costs costed uh, twenty bucks a day, um, you could access the same fast pass system, but do everything from your phone. So you wouldn't have to even like physically go to a ride. You could just from anywhere in the park, you could get your next fast pass. Um, and I, I actually, I, the last time I was in Disneyland in 2019, um, we all, the group that I was with, we opted for this because it actually was tremendously convenient. Um, and so, okay, that's kind of like basically all the kind of the background, I guess, that you would need. Um, so then obviously Disneyland's closed for a little over a year and then when it came back in the spring, Disney didn't bring fast passes back. And at first it seemed like, well, you know, the park's operating at such a, you know, dramatically reduced capacity, you know, maybe the the need for fast pass, you know, just isn't really there yet. But then in Disneyland Paris, when that reopened earlier this summer, they reopened with this paid fast pass model. And so like when you combine that with kind of the precedent of max pass and with all the other theme parks also generally charging for this type of thing you know like to keep the analogies going here you know people's ears kind of perked up a bit here and people started speculating that this is probably what disney was going to do with disney world and disneyland and sure enough that's what got announced today where there is a service called disney genie (laughs) <laughs> which which that service is free and oh, it nice. uh, <laughs> allegedly creates 
like a personalized itinerary for your experience in either Disney World or Disneyland. So it so can it's, it's the free five gigs of iCloud space for Disneyland. Okay. Basically, mm-hmm. it can, you know, I guess manage your restaurant reservations and plan out your day, whatever. But then there's now, and of course it's called this, Genie Plus. God damn it. Because <laughs> of course. Uh-huh. Um, which in in Disneyland, same price as MaxPass was, 20 bucks per person per day. It's only 15 bucks in Disney World. Ooh. Uh, um, and that service is is basically the same thing that max pass was but the but there's there's two big differences one and this is where i'm going to input a little bit of my commentary before we get to your commentary the first part is that it is completely replacing the whole free fast pass alternative so unlike with fast pass where you could still forego that service and still get fast passes you just had to do so kind of in a basically more traditional way where you like physically had to walk to the ride, print out this ticket, et cetera. But now that option is, is, is totally gone with genie plus. So if you want fast passes, this is, this is the only kind of like entry point, which is like a good transition into the the second main change. And this is the part, like I was reading this article thinking like, okay, yeah, all these changes kind of seem fine. And then it's this last part that, is is tough which is Hmm. genie plus doesn't give you access to every ride in fact it it excludes all of the well not maybe not all of but many of the most popular rides Hmm. and instead you if you want sort of like skip the line privileges for those rides even if you pay Genie for Genie Plus, you don't you don't get that. You instead have to pay for something called Lightning Lane, which is this, which at least it doesn't have plus or max in the name. Um, where this is an a la carte thing, um, where it's not an all day access thing. In fact, you're going to be limited to no more than two of these per day. And the price will be dynamic. So depending <laughs> on how busy of a day it is at the park, the the price is going to change. Disneyland surge pricing, fucking great. It, basically, yeah. So that and that's so that that's all. Those are all the facts. And in my my initial bit of commentary, and maybe I'll have some more after you go here. But it, that last part, that lightning lane part, is um, yeah. That that's the part of this that's that's tough. I don't have a lot here. Um, I, you may remember, or you may know that I, I, I don't like Disneyland. I don't like theme parks, and I especially don't like Disneyland because it was just there. There are a lot of folks who just kind of define their personality around liking Disney, and I kind of don't necessarily. That's not really my jam. But reading this article made me so happy because it just. It's so, it's the perfect dis- distillation of capitalism and, and the fact that this is not, Disneyland is is not a thing where I feel like in the 90s there was still the, hey, we're, we're spending a whole lot of money, but 
you know what? We're going to show kids a bunch of characters that they loved, and it's going to be a great family experience. But this is just so... This is in-app purchase, like, made real. And I love it. I love it because because this is... If, if you're somebody who wants to go to Disneyland that badly, I like that uh, the Bobs are now going to just nickel and dime you so much so that you don't have to listen to your screaming kids while you want to get on a ride. Like the, all of this that you have a, you have an app, you have a bespoke app that is partially free that allows you to map out your, your trip at a place that costs you $130 to even get in the door so that you can spend 15 or $20, depending on your geographic reason, to show that you're richer than somebody else to go and skip the line in front of other people that who else paid $100 to get in. Like, every part of this is, is just the very best, and I love it. I don't know. Because how, how does somebody square this with the idea that Disney, like a Disney property, is the happiest place on earth? Oh, so the, okay. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're going down this way. Well, I'm it's just, just like this is the part this. where, like, I, I, I ostensibly, like, I mean, when I was like, I, I was, I was an American child in the 1990s. We, we paid four times to go to midday screenings of The Lion King so I could cry when Mufasa died. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm an American, like, but I, I, I love how brazen, like, this. Every part of this is so... I, I know everybody throws out... There's two terms that people overuse these days, which is the term gaslighting and dystopian. And this is so fucking dystopian. And like, this, this, is, the, this is what, what Bernie people call late-stage capitalism. And I, and, and, but here's the thing. If you're, if you're a Disney person, this is what you want. And I love it. I don't know. Sorry. Happy place on Earth, please. Well, so okay. So, here, so here's the thing. Like here, here's my, like I, I mean, again, like I, I, th- I put out like the part of it that I don't think is great. Like the whole lightning lane thing, I'm, I'm not like the biggest fan of. Um, however, like a lot of the criticism of this has, you know, been around the idea that, like, what you started to get into with, like, oh, I thought Disney was supposed to be like the happiest place on earth and like the place where like everybody could come and like have a great time, and. Yeah, you know, in 1955 and maybe through <laughs> through the 60s and 70s, like Walt's kind of original vision for the park w- was at mm. least in large part probably that, right? Walt had a lot of visions. Right. Right, <laughs> which 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 is why I think, you know, I, I Walt's canceled. Par- partially <laughs> caveat with, you know, at least part part of the vision there. But anyone who even somewhat follows Disney the past 20 30 years which yeah I, I would definitely put myself in that category knows that that is not what disney uses the theme parks for like that's not how they think about the theme parks i mean especially if you listen to any investor call that disney has when they're talking about theme parks it is all about average revenue per guest i mean it it is there there is nothing there is nothing that Disney implies that suggests that they're focused on making the park accessible for as many people as possible. Like that is that is just not their goal, and they they don't pretend it's their goal. And like I mean, there are there are a billion examples of this. Like the the 
the ticket pricing, especially at Disneyland, the past five years has gone totally through the roof. Like it, it's insane just to get into the door now at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You know, they just more recently, a, a couple of weeks ago, finally announced the pricing on this Star Wars hotel that they're opening next year in Disney World. And it's 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 a this two night stay experience thing. And and it's like five thousand bucks. Like, well, yeah, it's good. Like dis like Disney like I think there's been so much outrage I've seen about this already. Where it's like, oh, you know, this is like you just totally like counter to like what Disneyland. Well, no, but should but it, be. But it's not it, though. But yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's not like this. This is it's th- bad, but it's not. This this is exactly what Disney's been for a long time now, and they don't but, pretend to be otherwise. I mean, they. They're kind of like, but it's a bad unapolog- thing. Well, and, and you know, and this is an analogy. Maybe you'll like. Like, they're sort of the they're unapologetically sort of like the Apple of theme parks, where no. they view themselves as a premium experience that costs <laughs> a premium amount of money. And mm-hmm. you know, just like Apple, are also increasingly trying to find ways to get more and more money out of their fans. Well, but as um, long as Disney knows how to make the poorest feel the way they're supposed to. Like that, that's the part that, that, that bothers, like, then, then don't, then don't pitch it as every family should bankrupt themselves to go to your, like your, your like museum of like character, like I, okay, I'm the wrong person to talk to. Like, I just don't have positive feelings about Disney. I like Pixar, but the fact that this has become so and saying it's become commercial is 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 a mischaracterization because it's it's a business. It, that's the the same reason why people are slaving over and and hand like in, in the 1980s were hand drawing like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and all that kind of like it, it it's it's a capitalistic enterprise. But this, I'm surprised that Disney has not somehow gotten the appropriate reputation of being this. vulture corporation just meant to just part people with their money same the same thing where we're, again where we're with pr apple has somehow escaped the same scrutiny of just being just a, a, a absurdly money-grabbing corporation oh, so, so to go to go back to the amazing new york times article so from the earnings call uh, i forget who was saying this but uh talking about what the um this was Disney declined to uh, to discuss its pricing options. The company also declined to list the, tra- the attractions. The one will be Seven Dwarves Mine Train, a gentle Disney World roller coaster where the standby lines can uh, exceed two hours. Yeah. But yeah, so their their the, um, key priorities are: this allows us to number one create a better guest experience. I'm sure. Uh, it should be obvious, but a better cost experience is better for our business. Number two, it allows us to better utilize our capacity. You can distribute demand over uh, much much more effectively through our ecosystem. And then, obviously, there's revenue attached to this. I wonder if you have to pay Tim Cook a royalty when you say that. I don't know. Disney Genie will be introduced in the fall, according to the company, which is charging less for Disney Plus at Disney World, in part because families tend to, dis- uh, to visit for several days. Like... Every part of this is great. Well, and there's, the, the, I mean, there's, there's of... another, there's another good example of this too. So this is, and this is straight from, from Bob, not, not Iger, new, new Bob. Um, exactly. Um, 
when he was talking about this this whole genie service thing, and the quote is, "Not only will uh, this lead." Not only will Genie lead to improved guest experience, but at the same time lead to substantial commercial opportunities. So it certainly qualifies in my mind for both materiality and transformational impact on our, on our business from a yield standpoint. So again, like just like what I was talking about earlier, like, 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 I mean, this, this is, this is the reason why, like, even though I don't love every part of this, I'm not like somehow upset about it because it's, it's not like, I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying like some of the reaction out there is like, this is the company Disney is. And these are the theme parks that they run. And they, it's been this way for a long time now. And it's the thing that I respect about it. And this is actually (laughs) where I think they differ, where they differ from Apple. Like Apple tries to pretend that their ridiculous prices are somehow still like a deal and like they're Mm -hmm. still you know basically sort of like doing like doing things right for like everybody and trying to be like competitive with their pricing and whatever whereas like disney is not is not in any way trying to say that this is cheap or that everybody can afford this like they're they're in no way Uh, implying that they're not not saying that I mean, come on. When you're when you're referring to but, yield no, no, but, 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 and can, revenue that, so, opportunities, so going back to that, can can we get you? Can we like we need a recording of what you, of that quote that you just read to play when you enter the park? It's, it's hard. It's hard to read. A lot of <laughs> materiality and transformational impact. See, here's the part that I love about that is that they're talking about Aladdin. And some dude that they're paying to dress up as Goofy the dog. And that's what they're describing with material. It's so great. Oh, I love it. Okay. To round out this this article, uh, my, apparently there's something called, uh, so introduced in two, uh, 2014, My Magic Plus. Mm-hmm. Involved guests wearing data collecting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wearing data collecting electronic wristbands, which doubled as credit. Okay, I can't. An app allowed visitors to manage dining reservations from their free FastPass allotment. My Magic Plus cost at least one billion U.S. dollars to develop and introduce, in part because it required a lot of hardware, including equipping uh, twenty-eight thousand hotel room doors with RFID readers. Uh, quote: My Magic Plus was us basically sticking our toe in the pond of this type of transformational work, Mister Chapek said. Disney Genie, though, is that program on steroids. Yeah, new new Bob really into transformational second second use of that word in as many quotes. Um, I love this article. I want to get it framed. Yeah, they've never it's they've never brought that my magic plus thing to to Disneyland. You can't get the you can't get the GPS tracked RFID bands in Disneyland. Only Disney World. Oh, is it like that thing like where like you get special California privacy policies on websites? No, I think it's more just to do with. I mean, Disney World. There's you know. There's four theme parks. There's a bunch of hotels. Like it's just, it's, there's just a lot more that people kind of travel between. Whereas Disneyland is, is, you know, a fraction of the size. Um, so best article of the week. Thank you. Brooke Barnes. See, I think this even, is... even like this new, like I, I sort of agree, like on one hand, I sort of agree or I, I sort of enjoy the tone of this New York times article. Cause I feel like this article has a, 
kind of a point of view a lot oh, that does. a lot of New York Times articles don't. Uh-huh. Um because this is just in like the business section, so this isn't opinion or anything. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely has a point of view, which it, like on one hand I kind of enjoy, but again, I mean not not just to say the same thing over and over again, but like this article sort sort of somehow is almost comes across as like being kind of surprised by all this. And again, it's like if you've half paid attention to anything Disney's done with the parks the last couple of decades, like this is. I mean, look at the ticket prices. Look, go look at like what it costs to stay at the Disneyland hotel. Like it, it's insane. I mean, or look at the price of um, it's the the other hotel that's connected to California Adventure down there. That's even more exp <laughs> nice. Um, California Lodge or something. Um, like it, that's even more expensive than the, the Disneyland hotel. Like it, all of that stuff is crazy expensive. It's like a couple hundred bucks now just to get into the park. Um, so you know, I, th this is a completely logical direction that that Disney went. So you know, the 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 outrage here, I think, is is a is a bit eye roll inducing. Yeah. Again, I'm I, I'm not tuned into this experience. I don't think there's outrage. I just think it it's amazing because I I don't know how people square this uh uh concentrated distillation of unfettered capitalism with making your kids think that Goofy is is their friend and that um. The the person that they're paying to pretend is is Ray from Star Wars is an inspiration to a six year old. I I just I I I, I woof. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Are we? <laughs> I don't know what actual stuff we were supposed to talk about this week. Um, Genius Plus. What's important to you this week? Um. I think the I think the one password stuff is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's so real quick. So Tesla and then and then one password. I think both of these will actually be quicker than we expect, or or at the very least, I have very little to say about it. But okay. Okay. So you, you put a link in the in the in the uh, the Slack bot um, a couple of days ago, where apparently the what department of the U.S. is the NHT what and uh, NHTSA. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Is uh, investigating Tesla for. Um, Seems many years overdue uh, for its autopilot system, um, uh, due to numerous crashes and uh, at least one fatality uh, related to the um, entirely autonomous um, self-driving cars that they produce and put on the road. So, yeah, my my only takeaway is seems overdue. Yeah, well, and, and speaking of topics that I feel like we were early on, like we, we I mean we were just talking about this an episode or two ago about how it felt like the current path and rollout of autopilot was not sustainable and that something something terrible was going to happen or there was going to be an investigation or some combination of those things and that's pretty much exactly what's what's happening yeah um yeah okay i think yeah pretty much uh, yeah so I I don't understand how this is such big news, but uh, Agile Bits, the company that makes One Password, which is a product that I think we've both loved for at least a decade now, 
um, version eight, uh, their forthcoming version is going to no longer be a native, um, traditional Macintosh application, um, on OS 10, it's going to be an electron app, which will, people will know from things like Slack and pocket casts and a few others where it, um, is basically a web page that, that is in a wrapper that is maybe not super, um, system resources efficient um, and has some uh, in the business world that some people might say it has some opportunities, but um, it makes it easier to do cross-platform development. And uh, a lot of Mac nerds are unhappy, but they're always unhappy. So what else? The the reason, so the reason I liked this story is that the discussion, particularly on, on upgrade finally allowed me to understand the difference between AppKit, Catalyst, and SwiftUI. Like I okay. feel I finally feel good about like understanding what each of those are. Like after for the like the last couple of years as that stuff's been introduced, feeling like I really have no idea what any of that stuff is. I feel like this this one password situation has finally brought some clarity to that for me. Which I actually think is kind of interesting because it sort of like leads to the question of like really like what even is a mac app anymore which is not which i guess is something like in the development community has been kind of like this question that's been out there but again because i didn't really even understand the issue before like now that i feel like i sort of understand that it it is kind of it's an interesting situation apple's in with their development story especially on the mac it's kind of a kind of a mess. I mean, very, oh, very much in transition. I guess is maybe the nicer way of saying it. Or as Bob would say, um, <laughs> transformational, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, this, this doesn't bother me that much. Like, I mean, I because again, this goes to the thing about like oh, who's the who's the mega corporation and who's the relatively little guy. Like one password has been an amazing application. I'm sure they're going to do their best to make it as good as they can, but that they're going to um, try to um, smooth out their engineering costs and make it the best experience for the most people possible. And when it's a company that's doesn't have 60,000 HQ employees and pretends that they can only give you five gigs of iCloud space. Like, I mean, I, 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 I'm going to side with them. And the part that I didn't necessarily like about the upgrade discussion was that kind of the thing of like, oh, that, that they should have known better to not trust the technology that Apple was selling them to say was the future of development. Like, I I, th- I felt that was pretty silly. Um, But yeah, like, I mean, this uh, this doesn't bother me that much. Like, they, they got to do what they got to do. And I don't really uh, long for the day where um catalyst is the default or we just get a bunch of crappy things that on the mac that were ios first and somehow got shoehorned onto the mac like i mean i don't know like this this doesn't bother me that much i I think they're doing the best they can and if they find that the core mac user is not necessarily what their where their like profit center is or where the most effective use of their time then i mean do what they can and like the 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 supposition or the insu- insinuation that somehow like Apple now has like a full fledged password manager coming, which I was unaware of. Like I've always just known that Safari has like a built in password manager that like stinks. 
I don't know where that's coming from either. Well, it, it's it's part of Monterey, um, and apparently it's like really really good. That's been like everybody's takeaway from the beta. Um, yeah, but I, I but would you trust it? It's I, I yeah I I would, but but at the same time, I you know I I've been using one password forever, so mm-hmm. it's like I'm not I'm not going to go through the process of of migrating out of one password like I, no way mm-hmm. and i and i do like the fact that one password is you know totally cross-platform it's not and like independent I'm... from your platform vendor yeah right like apple gets bored a lot and just lets stuff just get crappy yeah i don't know so yeah like i mean like i i and I, yeah I, I get your point where knowing what app kit versus swift ui versus um uh catalyst like a, is like a combination of ui kit and catalyst yeah yeah i mean i like I, that's worthwhile but like the whole thing of like well we went in on swift ui but um you shouldn't have believed that it was going to be any good like I, I feel like that's 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 a silly that's a that's a really dumb take well yeah no i i agree and actually that was another thing that sort of stood out to me in this whole conversation which was like I get that Swift UI is relatively new, but it's not like it's like four it's not, years. It's not brand new. Well, no, it it, it was it was doesn't wasn't it WWDC twenty seventeen or eighteen? Well, there well there was Swift and then there was Swift UI, right? And they those were like a year or two apart, I think. Mm. But in any case, I mean Swift UI it wasn't announced yesterday. Like it's been around a little while now, and I. I guess I'm not a developer. I don't know how long it takes for new development languages to really mature. But but I do I totally agree with your point, which is if if a platform you know maker is shipping this new language and has been shipping it for a while, like it doesn't seem reasonable to me that you should just assume it sucks for <laughs> for years. Like yeah, that that's that's not great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so that's most of it. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I, like, small companies got to do what's right for them. And I feel like 1Password is... is small, small small company? Question mark? Haven't uh, they raised... Compar- comparatively? Like, comparatively? Well, well comparatively? any company is small compared to Apple. They're a lemonade stand Disney is small Apple. compared to Apple. <laughs> but but I thought Apple was such a small, agile company that they can't even bother, bother to make uh, routers or to... Because they have to, they have to say a thousand no's to every yes, and that's why they had to make that fucking Jason Momoa show. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, th- 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 there's no sympathy for people. No, no, not, you're not going to win that one. Anyway, uh, got any other biggies, or are we done? No, I think that that's the big stuff on my side. Okay, all right, Chef Specials. Okay, I got one for you this week. Um, as all good chef specials start, not with an Amazon link, but with a Apple support page. This is um, so. This is a feature of TV OS, which I've been using a lot more of. You know, now that I'm I'm living this this streaming first lifestyle. And if you scroll down on this page and you click on the little section called Control Home Kit Scenes. Well, and cameras, but ignore the camera part. 
um tvOS has this really cool feature which I didn't know about and didn't discover until recently where you can access your favorite homekit scenes and so what the what what I've used this for is having various light configurations throughout the home depending on whether we're like just casually watching TV in the evening or whether we're watching like a movie that we're like really sitting down and, and paying attention to and having some like different kind of light setups throughout the house and having that all pre-configured. And then something that I also just set up like a, like a bedtime scene where you click that, you know, the Apple TV turns off and then, I mean, because of arc, it turns everything else off. And then, you know, you put the lights into a certain setting to, to go to bed like it's actually like pretty pretty darn neat and like maybe like my new favorite way to access the home kit scenes now i'm sorry re-explain how this works how do, how do you trigger this well so like on the new apple tv remote you hold down the little tv button doesn't that open op- the tv app it opens well, so if you tap that button, it does. But if you hold it down, I guess I, I skipped over this part. It opens something. Well, I mean, I guess Apple has this on every one of their platforms now, Control Center. So it, it opens tvOS's version of Control Center. Hmm. And one of the sections of Control Center is this um, home section, which lists all your favorite scenes. So the thing that I have set up is a handful of different scenes that are various lighting configurations, and you just add those to your favorites, and then those become accessible in this view. So, you know, you sit down to watch TV, like the lights in the room are all bright, and there's a bunch of other lights on throughout the house that you don't need on anymore. And so you can set up a scene where the lights in the room where you're watching TV can go down to the right setting or maybe just be turned off entirely. And then you can have other lights throughout the house that you're obviously not using, turn those off. And then again, like I've said, another scene that's like bedtime where Apple TV turns off the lights in the room where we're watching TV. If they've been off, those you know come on kind of at a low setting so that as we're leaving the room, there's some light. So you can do some kind of neat stuff with that. Like I'm not, I and mean, we've talked about this before too. Like I, we're neither of us is really into like the home automation thing at like a super sophisticated level or anything. But like this is this has been a good neat little um, use of that. Neat. So are you able to? So if you hold down the TV button while you're in a video or like you're inside the Netflix app, does it overlay on top of it, or does it? Do you have to be on like that main grid of icons? It overlays over whatever you're watching. Okay, that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what I currently use for that is that the the Logitech Harmony, like you've got those like, because um, you have the Harmony one or whatever, right? Yeah, which I'm perilously close to like not really needing anymore now that the TiVo's out of the equation. But but mm-hmm. yes, I, I do still have that. Like there's those four smart home shortcut icons at the bottom of it. And that's what I use for that, where I can have that programmed to a... Um, like a like hey dim the lights scene and then what i would consider like my standard like living room light configuration and i kind of like that you would you'd be able to do that without having to have the apple tv on but um yeah that's 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 pretty cool i i had not remembered that tvos got control center 
Well, yeah, I, I didn't either, and I don't use it for anything else other than to access these favorite home scenes. But um, yeah, it's a it's a really it's a neat neat feature. Cool. All right, so I actually have two this week because I have dropped the ball two weeks in a row. So maybe I only have one because I've already forgotten the other one. Wait. Ah, crap. Okay, I'm going to double down on the Bose Soundware weird discontinued headphones. <laughs> they're they're great. I don't I I I have realized how much I dislike wearing earbuds when I am at home and uh they're great for watching TV uh through the Apple TV at a quiet uh quiet volume, but also you're just listening to a podcast and you don't want to have it on all the Sonos speakers throughout the house. And that's great. Um, what was the second one? Um, oh, okay. The second one, actually, this, this is, uh, you know, do, do you buy groceries from Target ever? Of course. Yeah. All right. So good and gather. Uh, I hate that rebrand so much. Archer Farms is better. So. Uh, this is specifically a good and gather. This is two good and gather products. Mm, nice. So let me try to find the link at target.com. There we go. All right. So I'll send you a link in the Slack. So they have, I, I, I try to not eat frozen pizza much, Ooh. but sometimes it's, it's very nice. And Trader Joe's has been lacking in their, they will every six to nine months kind of refresh what, depending on market demand. Like they, they try to pull a Bob Chapek, but they don't always succeed in understanding what the customer wants. And they will discontinue and introduce new pizzas. And right now, the current uh, stable of Trader Joe's frozen pizzas is not the best. So, Good and Gather, which is the brand evolution or the transformation of the mar- uh, market pantry and Archer Farms house brand of Target. They have these new Good and Gather signature frozen pizzas, and there are two that are very good. So Wait, there's the signature mean high in sodium. Uh, I think Jesus Christ is it is it over thirteen hundred? <laughs> Way over. It's no. it's a thousand milligrams of sodium Jesus. per serving, Gosh. and there are three. Don't, don't tell me ser- this. Three servings per pizza. Well, but hold, maybe that's just because. Well, but all cured meats are going to have that. Let me go back because my other one. So the the, the first one I'm going to recommend is the uh, Good and Gather Signature Wood Dash Fired Prosciutto and Arugula Frozen Pizza, fifteen point five two ounces. Um, and then also the uh, uncured pepperoni uh, with uh, with spicy honey drizzle. Oh, give me, where's the link to this one? Uh, this one, but again, pepperoni also has a whole lot of, um, nitro or it's got, it's got, it's got sodium in it. I don't want to look, don't, don't make me look at the nutrition facts. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this here. Um, monster. Um, okay. This one's just a teeny better. <laughs> 810 milligrams per serving, same three servings per pizza. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, All that's right. that's I, really a lot. I don't need this judgment. I didn't come here <laughs> for this. Um, so they are 
um very good and i would imagine they are like they're they're good because like there's like you know there's the newman zone frozen pizzas which are fine there are like because there's there's all like there's like the trashy ones like there's like the like there's like the what's what's the one it's not delivery it's DiGiorno's. Yeah, yeah, that like that's basically the equivalent of like those fucking like Tina burritos, like you know the ones that are like thirty. <laughs> that's how you track. Like I don't I don't know what J Powell is doing, but that's like that's how you actually track inflation. Is that you? Um, yeah, you just look at how much Tina burritos cost and whether they're thirty three cents or they're three for a dollar or they're two for a dollar or whatever. But um, yeah, uh, um, DiGiorno is, is disgusting and gross. Um, and and I make very good pizza from scratch, but sometimes you know what. You're just not feeling up to it. So these two pieces are great. I would strongly recommend people get them when they are uh, browsing um, hard seltzers and at the Centerfell Target. And they are also um, going to the frozen food section to get those um, weird-ass uh, kind frozen bars. The, 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 yeah. the, the, the spicy honey packet on this one kind of makes it. And, I, and I'm Make- somebody who doesn't like honey. Make sure to um, get yourself a fresh pack of Spindrift, too, because you're going to need to stay nice and hydrated after all. That's all fine. I'm only eating half of it. The rest of it goes in the trash. What? You expect me to eat eat like an entire sadness frozen pizza straight out of the bubble? Like over the sink? the other half of it. That's, That's breakfast in the morning. No, pizza for breakfast is bad. Oh, so many so many bad food opinions i normally no. trust your your judgment with food yeah I, I again coming from a disneyland peloton elitist i don't really know what to <laughs> think nice. anymore i mean somebody who is who's who's happy and proud of of genius plus and is, is somebody who is speaking from position of a two thousand dollar exercise bike well okay so here <laughs> let, let me let me go let me go the other direction on you here then i think i think DiGiorno's is is fine it's disgusting, and also it's been a long have, time they, since I've had it. But they have this new croissant crust DiGiorno's <laughs> pizza, and on principle, I will not buy it. Wait, croissant? I gotta look this up. Hold on. Croissant? And I don't know how to spell DiGiorno, but I know it's. it's... I'm just gonna it's croissant crust pizza. How many of those could there be? Um, Goodness.com with only DiGiorno, one S. Four cheese croissant pizza, flaky and buttery layers of crust oh, yeah, but you have to read it in ted, ted allen's voice how many many. so are all these pizzas just loaded with sodium because this thing is everything's loaded six, with sodium this is 680 milligrams of sodium per serving and there's five servings in this thing Jeez. Looking at the reviews here, uh, Nick's Dynasty a year ago wrote, Amazing exterior crust, bottom crust needs work. <laughs> I'm sorry, since when is there... So- soggy soggy bottom. Don't want that. No, that's don't, don't bring Mary Berry into this. 